0: Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. We're back with more from Pastor Dell. I'm Tim.
1: And I'm Miss. Get ready to be blessed through Pastor Dell's powerful testimony.
0: Now, if you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. First-time listeners can look us up on the web. Search for Red Pill Torah that's R E D P I L L space T O R A H, or reach out by email. Our address is redpiltora at gmail.com. We love to hear from you.
1: And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Shalom to our friends in Ohio and Australia. Now, let's get back to Pastor Dell's story. Tim,
2: roll the tape. Okay, we're back with more from Pastor Dell. And uh, Pastor Dell, I think last time you were talking, you left off talking about the mikveh and um, how you found the baptismal pool in your space and as you did the uh, modifications and so forth to the space that you were in at the time and um, how you began to realize and your eyes began to open to the Hebrew roots of the faith. Is that right?
1: Sounds right. That's correct.
2: So uh, as your eyes began to open, um, I'm curious about what you did next and really intrigued at the uh, fact that a pastor, and I don't mean this as a criticism, but that a, a Christian pastor would, would ask those types of questions uh, about our faith and would show that type of transparency and openness to what the Father would have to say. So I'd, I'd really like to learn more about how you experienced that.
3: Well, by that time, um, I have been doing as much study as I could independently. I had actually acquired a few pieces of um, Jewish literature because of the Messianic congregation that came to um, become a part of our congregation. One of the conditions that we had during that season of our ministry, when all of these churches, our ministry showed up to connect with us, we created like on the fly, what we call partner ministries. And so a part of creating that partnership, what we said, we didn't want to collect rent from anybody. We I I just knew that that wasn't what this was about. We wanted to build relationships. But in order to do that, we needed to have a better understanding of where these ministries, where these churches were coming from. So myself and a few members of our lead team, we went to visit and to just participate in the live services where, wherever these ministries were already existing before they formally, fully made their transition to become a part of our, our uh, umbrella ministry. When we went to the Messianic Church, I'd never been to a Messianic ministry. I had heard the terminology, but I didn't really know what to expect. I was, I was very moved. By the things that I could start to put together that they were doing that corresponded with things that I had learned and studied in Scripture. They invited me to one of their Bible studies, and I was done after that. When I went to their Bible studies, and they started to break down words and passages in Scripture. Um, So for me, what you have to understand, I've been chasing the—I want to know the truth about the Word of God, period. I don't care where it leads me. I simply have this great desire to know the truth. And when they started to break down basic Scripture passages, you know, from Genesis, you know, to some of the Gospels, my, I was just, that, it just, uh, overwhelmed my appetite. So by the time I'm now having this conversation with the rabbi, uh, who shows up, he invited me to come to a formal, uh, what they were calling their Torah classes. And I thought I had already been exposed to the, you know, to get a taste with some of the literature I had been given, some of, the, a few of the Bible study classes I had attended. But this rabbi totally blew me away. He, he had an interesting story himself. He was white. He did not know that he had a Jewish heritage until he was 30-plus years old. No. He had decided to turn away from his Christian faith that he was raised in, and he was somewhat agnostic By the time he found out that he actually had Jewish heritage, his mother was Jewish, that caused him to start to dig into his own background and he discovered his newfound faith as a Jewish son who believed in Jesus Christ as Messiah. Wow. His path took him to a place where he was formally, um, and I'm not sure if I'm even using the correct term, but he was formally ordained by a Orthodox, by a Jewish rabbi who was not Messianic, but affirmed that he, that he was a Jew, but he he believed in his testimony and his transformation so much so that he was willing to stake his reputation and ordained him as a true, formal Jewish rabbi. And from what I understand, at least in our region, that just never happens. And so when I knew that he was a real rabbi, ordained, if you will, and he was teaching scriptures with this profundity, this depth, this, 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 uh, clarity of, of understanding. I, man, I, I didn't miss a class. You know, I was, we were having weekly study classes. He interest, introduced me to the, uh, you know, to the uh, the prayer uh, tradition, the daily prayer traditions. I, you know, started gar- uh, adorning myself with the seat the seats and I have, you know, the, uh, 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 the prayer garments, all that, all of those things, you know, became, uh, for me, real utensils to to see my faith in 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 uh uh practical uh terms even just the you know the daily prayers when you start to break them down and you see the application to what you're doing on a day-to-day basis All, you know those are things those are tools those are utensils you don't have within a, a standard Protestant faith and so i was very attracted to this and it didn't take long. I was into this for about a year and a half before I started to slowly share some of these truisms with our congregation. And, um, you know, I had a, an opportunity about a year uh, after I'd been studying for almost two years to go to Israel. That was the crowning moment. And when I came back, I was committed to co-opting my teaching, whatever we're teaching, with understanding the background, the Hebraic roots, and the foundation of, of what the Word of God is settled upon. And so now, I mean, I can thankfully say my congreg- our congregation didn't turn me out, they didn't fire me, they didn't walk away from me. You know, we don't still have all those components anymore of of the ministry, you know, uh that we had um uh, previously, but I think all of those things were seasonal just to get us to where we are present day and so uh, we are now known as a teaching church we've totally changed the name of the ministry the whole focus of the ministry we are now the house worship center thwc four components teach help worship connect and any one of our members will tell you that they fully embrace the understanding that our Christian uh, faith is embedded in the hebraic roots
1: oh that's that's amazing thank you for sharing that story um, regarding the documents that you received um, did you start learning Hebrew again or
3: uh, yes it yes now, now i'm nowhere near you know uh proficient um but uh the the um the last rabbi so i haven't i haven't when we um our last physical move from our, our location where we have the synagogue uh, that property was sold uh, we sold that property and we we moved on the rabbi and his congregation went back to the to the north uh, so i I'm not in those um, study classes on a regular basis uh, anymore, but you know I've taken in as much as I can and I continue to uh, uh, to self learn uh, in in respect to um, uh, the the uh, uh, the Jewish uh, language and the Hebrew language and the alphabet and what have you, uh, and so I'm not fluent enough to, uh, to uh, at a point yet where I can fully read uh, independently on my own.
2: Well, uh, if I might ask a question, Pastor Phillips. Um, so it seems like you're pretty well connected in the in the circles of ministry, if you will. How do your how, how do your peers take this transformation? Um, how we received as as that went.
3: I gotta tell you, I had some looks the first time I ever showed up in seat seats. Um, you know, everybody wanted to know what was that, what was that, and of course I just used it what, you know, one of the purposes is, is, is it is intentional to identify who, that, you know, you have a connection with, uh, uh, Yeshua. So I would just use it as a moment to share and to teach. Um I, I started to don the, uh, uh, the garments with my, Regular preaching, uh, garb, and so wherever I went to preach, people knew that's what they were going, that's what they were going to see. You know, uh, so, and all of that during that, you know, season, uh, that was, that went on for several years, and I had some, you know, I, I guess I never had anybody say anything to my face, anything disrespectful, but I, I I'm certain, you know, that it raised some, uh, questions that might have been whispered, uh, you know, behind the scenes, but, People knew that that's where, uh, that was my stance. Uh, during that period, I became, um, actually be, was, uh, asked to be the president of the, of our local minister alliance. And so, uh, you know, um, for me, uh, it, it, uh, it just was a part of my journey and and i think you know i didn't try to push this on anybody else and i certainly didn't make anyone think that you know uh, that i had something greater or better than what they had i just want you know wanted to uh have a liberty to express my um uh my understanding you know about the scriptures and and it and people Bill invited me to come and to speak and, and what have you, and still have the opportunity to leave.
2: I wonder if from um, your approach and uh, perhaps not treating them as if, hey, I've got something better than you or, you know, now I'm more saved than you are. I'm sure that was <laughs> instrumental in, uh, you know, continuing those relationships and
3: such. Yeah and I and I and I uh I do I do believe that is important and I think that's why I'm such an advocate today you know just to make sure that uh as we are even reaching out to especially to members in the African American community that you know we're not asking them to throw away their their, their uh, faith or the foundations of what has brought them to their faith, but simply, you know, giving them the opportunity to have their appetite uh, attracted to something that will even help, that will help them to understand uh, more about their faith.
1: Um, I have a question uh, regarding the appointed times. Um, what does your congregation feel about that? It's, it's very something very different than what we do in the church as uh, as normal, I guess we say. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Or are you talking about like even the day we, the, uh, uh, worshiping on Sunday versus the Sabbath?
1: Yes. That or like the holidays, uh, that the, we do. And,
3: and, and, and yeah, the feast days, right. So, um, that perhaps might have been where we, um, you know, it, it was a little more challenging, uh, than, than just starting, uh, to introduce it into our Bible studies. So we had co-services with our, um messianic ministry. Uh, a couple of times we had the opportunity to, uh, share to do the Passover. What was interesting before they came because of, my, you know, my, the, the original Introduction uh, to to the Hebraic uh, that was given to me by the elder Elder Bishop uh, uh, Kelly. I tried myself um, to to lead a seder uh, before I even had any of the rabbis present because I just I when I learned that there was the connection that what was really happening in Scripture where Jesus was breaking the bread and whatever this and uh, we called that the Last Supper you know, the, it was really the precursor, you know, it's preparation for the next day, Passover, that was going to be celebrated. So I wanted to introduce that to our congregation. So I tried to do a spader on my own during a Good Friday celebration. And, you know, it. Uh, I wasn't, uh, you know, as knowledgeable as I really needed to be. So I, you know, stumbled a little bit with that. And then the people were like, yeah, what does that really have to do with, you know, Judas and the 30 pieces of silver, which which is, you know, more of the Protestants focused towards that. But they had, it had happened uh, before. So when our Messianic congregation came for a couple of years, we were fully in, you know, uh, um, we fully, uh, you know, jumped in with them and had the full-fledged Seder with the slaughtered lamb and all of that stuff, you know, they're on site, um, you know, in what was the formal Jewish synagogue. So, and uh we had a lot of our folks that responded and we had some that didn't. We had a Torah service uh one on one occasion where and so the my, the rabbi that taught me he was very he he had a a strong orthodox slant, even though he believed in Messiah. He had a very strong strong orthodox slant. Mm-hmm. So when they had Torah service, m- uh women would have to sit on one side, men would have to sit on another side and we had the this biter down the middle and so our folks when they came to participate, they were like, What is that? You know, we're not accustomed to having to be separated from our family. So so there were some disruptions there. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, they started to just understand that these were byproducts that were part of the foundation of our faith. When we start to talk about whether we could move our worship service from, you know, from uh, Sundays to the Sabbath, the rabbi and I actually talked about it. He felt at some point I would be able to have dual services. We started, we took a stab at that a couple of times. We haven't had the success, you know, that I would uh, would have liked to have had uh, with that in, but it doesn't mean it's, you know, not, not an opportunity that's, uh, uh, unavailable to us, uh, in the future. So, I uh, personally, you know, I don't feel, and I think I kind of shared this at the conference, I don't feel it's my mission to try to correct the whole Sunday observance thing independently, you know, for everybody on a national scale. I teach the Sabbath. They, they are very aware that the Sabbath is the actual, uh, uh, hallowed day that, that, uh, uh, that God has given us. You know and but they also know why or how we got on this sunday you know so that you know don't get overwhelmed over you know excited that this is you know some special uh you know holy day it's what we do out of tradition and they and they understand that
2: you now when i hear your story i'm reminded of the scripture what was said was that the father said my house will be called a house of prayer for all people and yes. uh it certainly sounds like you You've got old people working there uh, for sure, and uh, that's an amazing story. Yes, it is. Amazing story. Any uh, last thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with, Pastor?
3: I would uh, just say in closing, you know, nothing is more important than knowing the truth. Scripture teaches us that to know the truth is what makes us free, free to fully embrace our relationship uh, with uh, Yahshua, our relationship, uh, you know, with, uh, with uh, Hashim. And so I don't think there's anything more important than the truth, and wherever the truth takes us, that's where we're supposed to be.
0: Pastor Dell talked about following the truth wherever it leads. That's a common theme from people who have shared their Red Pill Torah story with us. We are not afraid to ask tough questions, and our Elohim proved that He has answers. I especially respect that a pastor is so open to the move of Elohim.
1: I know what you mean. Pastors may feel they have a lot to lose if they change something about their beliefs, their teaching, or other parts of what they do. Mm -hmm. It's hard, but necessary, to consider what there is to gain by changing. Pastor Dell's answer is clear. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life or some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Or even if, like Pastor Dell, you discovered there is more you need to know about your walk with the Father? Would you take the blue pill and hold on tightly to traditions?
0: Or would you take the red pill, like Pastor Dell did, and learn and share what the Father gives to you for the edification of his body? Only you can answer that question none of us knows all that we need to know. If you're a leader in the body of Messiah, run to the center of wherever he directs you. Follow him and be willing to embrace the truth that he reveals to you.
1: Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please listen to Pastor Dell's wisdom again and share it with your clergy, family, and friends. And thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah where
0: you can.